You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Regulators! Mount up! It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warmer G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the E so I could get some phones rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the L. It looks like we will just uh, keep the regulators intro since that is my favorite song uh, back when I was in high school. Always listen to that and still do before any big sporting event. So listening to Warren G's Regulate. Before our Cleveland Indians take on the Chicago Cubs in Game 6 of the World Series, just makes a lot of sense. So we'll just continue to roll that out for a little while until I switch it up to something different. Welcome into this Locked on Browns podcast. Sorry for missing out on yesterday. Uh, Some of you know I am a professional counselor, do a lot of mental health, substance abuse work, those kind of things. And there are days when Uh, That job, unfortunately, both time, emotion, and all kinds of stuff uh, just kind of takes away some of my abilities to do some other things. So hopefully uh, not very often, but it will happen. So again, my apologies for not uh, being able to log in yesterday and talk to you about the Jamie Collins trade. And so um, I put a piece up on the Orange and Brown Report uh, late last night just talking about what Um, how I think that the Collins trade just kind of fits with uh, what the Browns want to do. And so what do the Browns want to do? The Browns want to create, develop, and add assets. And so when you and I think about assets, most of the time we think about draft picks. And that makes sense. It's it's kind of the currency that we can understand. Uh, There's number values to it. There's a lot of things that just make sense to think about draft picks as assets. But the other thing that is a big asset outside of coaching staff, front office, um, the type of facilities you have in Berea, and then obviously Cleveland's field, the medical um, staff, training staff, weightlifting facility, you know, just all of those kind of things. Besides those things uh, that are assets that maybe you don't think about very often, the other asset is young talent. And so um, we know the complaint, Browns fans. We do. We, we've seen it. And that complaint is the Browns either don't draft enough good enough players, which has been true, or they don't re-sign the good players, something that we many people had problems with this offseason with uh, Mitchell Schwartz, Tayshawn Gibson, Travis Benjamin not getting second contracts with the Browns, and then Alex Mack not getting a third contract with the Browns. It's important to remember that Mack uh, was brought back by the team. Uh, he signed his uh, tag tender contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Browns matched it, brought him back. So he did make it technically to a second contract, uh, but not to a third. And so it's something that really frustrates people because obviously the reality is, is that means you were building on something. And so that's where the Jamie Collins trades make sense is in that the Browns are building on the assets that they brought together. So the asset of Alex Mack, a talented player, older. You know, the reality is, is the reason I was less worried about losing Alex Mack than I was, say, Mitchell Schwartz, was partially because of age. The The Browns are not ready to compete this year, per se. But Mitchell Schwartz is young enough that sign him to a second contract. And by the third 
and four seasons, hopefully he's uh, a part of a competitive team. Well, the same thing is true for Jamie Collins. And so the comp- compensatory pick that the Browns expect to get for Alex Mack is what they traded for Jamie Collins, who many have as a top 5, 10, 15 linebacker in the league. So you add him to a Christian Kirksey, an Emmanuel Agba, a Joe Schobert. You've got some talented young linebackers, as well as Carl Nassib and Danny Shelton. The front seven is starting to come together. Does that mean that Emmanuel Agba is going to be the guy and going to just run rough shot? Maybe not. Maybe that's the Miles Garrett draft next year. Uh, but Jamie Collins allows the Browns to do a lot of different things. And so um, whether that means they move Kirksey outside a little bit more uh, so that he can rush the pass or something, he actually is pretty talented at. Uh, they moved Demario Davis uh, out of the lineup and just comes in and kind of run situations. Or they just move Jamie Collins all over the place, uh, especially in their nickel package as kind of their big uh, safety kind of thing, something that uh, they struggle with in the last game. So Collins makes sense. Worst case scenario, the Browns lose them in free agency. And that just means, guess what they get one year later? Pretty much the same compensatory pick that they just traded. So in exchange for at least eight games of Jamie Collins, the Browns moved back one year a draft pick. That's the worst case scenario. Then we kind of move up from there and say they franchise tag Jamie Collins. Then the Browns traded a compensatory pick and, you know, a pretty large one-year contract to get a compensatory pick two years later. So we're not talking about giving up a ton of assets. If it, if then we go to best case, Collins sticks around, they sign a big contract, players see that the team wants to win, and now you've got something. And so I think it's important to understand that trading for Jamie Collins, they didn't trade their third round pick, which is going to be near the top of the third round. They traded almost a fourth round pick for a stud linebacker who can play all over the field in Ray Horton's defense. He can rush the passer some, but he can guard pretty much anybody. And on a Browns team that has struggled in pass coverage, Jamie Collins fits for now and in the future. The Browns may not have re-signed Mitchell Schwartz and Tayshawn Gibson and Travis Benjamin to second contracts, but they get the opportunity to do so with Jamie Collins. And the price, the price was just losing Alex Mack, which again can be big, but Alex Mack was a 30, and Jamie Collins is younger than that at 27. Huge difference, huge pickup for our Cleveland Browns. Speaking of huge pickups, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to pick up tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. Heck, want to see Jamie Collins in action? Now you can with SeatGeek. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere and just with a few taps. I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. The prices can depend, can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. 
And SeatGeek really wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why each ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on its value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app. That's S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K. Go to the settings tab and add a promo code. Add the promo code L-O-Browns. Again, that's L-O-Browns. Download the SeatGeek app today. Go to the settings tab and add the promo code L-O-Browns. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter the promotional code L-O-Browns. Get your tickets at SeatGeek. So today was the NFL trade deadline. And so except for the Detroit Lions trading for Jonathan Banks, the Cleveland Browns were the big mover and shaker along with the New England Patriots with the Jamie Collins deal. What that means is that players like Josh McCown, like Joe Thomas, and like Joe Hayden are still in Cleveland. And so uh, for a lot of fans and a lot of media, this is a surprise, right? The Cavs were supposed to be the sellers. They had some talented pieces with Hayden, with Thomas, and and even with Josh McCown, there's some talent there uh, to the point that there were a lot of people thinking that maybe John Elway would kind of make a move for McCown now that they've seen kind of Trevor Simeon kind of tail off. And not really sure that Paxton Lynch was really ready to kind of lead a team with this kind of defense. But what we've seen from Josh McCown is he could be. He's a talented quarterback. He makes mistakes. He holds the ball a little too long, those kind of things. But in Gary Kubiak's system, a system that based on McCown's uh, history, I can confidently say I think he's been a, a part of in one way or the other, McCown really could roll outside of the pocket, use a strong run game, and make a lot of good decisions. Instead... McCown is still in Cleveland. Uh, he and Cody Kessler are listed as the co-starters right now, so Hugh Jackson still has to make some decisions. But I, I think it'd be a surprise to see McCown start again if Kessler is healthy, and that's really going to be the key. But the young Kessler has shown a lot of good talent. He's shown that he can uh, play in this league. And so I think based on that and that alone, um, the Browns, Decided to keep McCown around, though, so just in case. The Browns don't want to look terrible. They don't want to have their young team kind of losing confidence, losing heart. And so uh, because of that, the Browns kept around Josh McCown in case Kessler gets hurt again. In case the um, in case something happens and he starts to fall off, they don't want to ruin Kessler's confidence either. But McCown could have probably gotten the Browns a fourth-round pick. To put that in perspective... He could have got the Browns a similar pick that they gave up for Jamie Collins. And then Joe Thomas, obviously many people talked all about Joe Thomas and the possibility of the Browns trading him. Um, but the reality was there was not, there wasn't the money there. There wasn't the, the want to there. When I say there's not the money there, you're not talking about teams offering up the Browns a first and second round pick or a, a first and a young player who they could really develop or anything of that nature, you're talking about a second-round pick and maybe something else. And so when you think about the Browns, whether it's developing Cody Kessler, um, whether that's um, drafting a quarterback next year, you really don't have the 
the players around to protect those players. Joe Thomas is that guy on the left side. If you're going to deal him, you're going to deal him for a big package. When you look around at the play of the offensive line in the NFL, you see a lot of mm, crappy. Sorry, that's the most technical word I have. You see a lot of bad offensive line play. And so that's a, a supply and demand issue. The Browns were uh, playing kind of with house money. If someone brings them a huge offer for Thomas that they cannot refuse, then you make the deal. But they don't have to. They don't have to make a deal, and they didn't make a deal. Because when they look at building this team, and when we talked about assets, when we talked about the Jamie Collins trade, Joe Thomas is a huge asset. He protects the quarterback. He's a leader on the team. He helps keep the offensive line together or bring an offensive line together. It's everything. And so there's a lot of asset in Joe Thomas. So if a team wanted him, they were going to have to give up a lot. No one did. Hugh Jackson wants to win. The fact that the Browns are 0-8 doesn't change that for Jackson, just like it doesn't change it for most fans. Even though, honestly, I'm okay with losing. I knew that's what they were going to do, and I was okay with it. But Hugh Jackson wants to win. Joe Thomas helps him win. Hugh Jackson wants Cody Kessler to look good. Joe Thomas keeps him protected. Maybe Hugh Jackson and Sashi Brown decide that they need to draft a Deshaun Watson, a Deshaun Kaiser, a... Uh, Mitch Trubisky, Joe Thomas is a big piece of keeping that asset together as well as developing that asset. And so we don't want another David Carr. Would I have understood if the Browns traded Thomas? Absolutely. But it would have had to been for a huge deal, and they just weren't getting that. After the trade deadline, we heard some rumors. Ed Werder reported that the New Orleans Saints made a push for Joe Hayden. That is a trade that would have been really, really interesting. Because Hayden just hasn't looked himself. He's got this big contract. Uh, he's got the big name in Cleveland. But I think Cleveland fans are all starting to come together that Hayden just isn't that guy anymore. Whether it's physical efforts, whether that's injuries, whether that's all the losing culture, whatever it is, there's just not the same Joe Hayden that we've seen for year after year in Cleveland. And so Werder's reporting that the Saints made a push, but that the Brown, what the Browns were asking for was too much. So how do we kind of look at that when it comes to assets? The Browns still see talent in Joe Hayden, and in a very pass-happy league, a physically strong uh, cornerback has a lot of value. So even though he's gotten burnt, he hasn't played great, Joe Hayden has a lot of value for the Browns. Just think, what if Joe Hayden was our number two corner? What if he was replacing Traymond Williams because the Browns drafted a cornerback high in the draft that they could develop kind of as that number one? How does Joe Hayden look now? Forget the contract. That's already paid. How does that look now? Probably better than the third round pick that the Browns were trying to get for Hayden, right? So a high, maybe first, early second round pick. Uh, on the cornerback position, and Joe Hayden looks great. No matter what the contract is, the Browns have the cap space. That looks much better than a first-round pick and a third-rounder that the Browns picked up in a Joe Hayden trade. And so while many of us are done with Joe Hayden and done with his contract and his effort and how he's playing, all of those kind of things, 
the Browns look at an asset and say, worst case scenario, we've got a very good number two corner. If you want him, you're going to have to give us something. And that whatever that something was, wasn't enough for Cleveland. So as we look at continued asset development, I think we, we kind of get an idea of what the Browns are looking at. They're not just going to trade people just to trade them. They're not just going to value draft picks. They're going to value assets. And if they can replace you with something cheaper or get a draft pick for you and replace you with something similar, a la the Andy Reid for a fourth rounder and then signing Britton Colquitt, they're going to do it. The same basic price that they got for Andy Lee, that's what they traded for Jamie Collins, one of the best linebackers in the league. Wow, that's some asset development. That's some asset usage. And hopefully we continue to see them do that as they go into next year's draft, free agency. Hopefully we'll see them be aggressive about spending money towards young players that they see a lot of potential in and to re-sign the players on their roster that they see talented. Thanks for stopping by this Locked on Browns podcast. We're going to give you just a little bit of time to listen to this. It'll get put up. Uh, about a half hour before uh, the Cleveland Indians face off with the Chicago Cubs. So I hope you have time to to uh, listen to a little Browns talk while you watch the Cavs and prepare for the Indians. Maybe it'll keep those, those nerves in check. Thanks for stopping by this Locked On Browns, cast, Browns podcast, uh, part of the Locked On Network. My name is Jared Mueller. I am your host, you can get up, get with me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by and go Browns. And tonight, go Tribe. We rally together.